shorts and a matching blazer, which I loved. I've, I've turned to one of you, uh, James was there too, and had said, I need this outfit. This is like what a boss bitch wears on Casual Friday. <laughs> like, no jeans. You wear a short suit. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hello, my vaxxed, waxed, and hopefully relaxed people. Or maybe you lapsed on your vax. I don't discriminate in subscribers because I can't afford to. You're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in New York City and beyond and report back to you. I'm Orlea, and right now you're hearing Shit by Claus, who I saw at Our Wicked Lady in Brooklyn on July 30th and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, you can follow the show at, at High Decibels Pod on Instagram to see our grid stories, highlights, and at High Decibels on Twitter and Reddit as well, High Decibels Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. We have some artist interviews via Zoom there. Also, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Our link tree is on our Instagram at High Decibels Pod. You can find us uh, on your preferred platform through that. Uh, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful for the show. And please share this show with people you know who also love concerts, live music, raves, etc., etc. Word of mouth is key. So it's been a while since an episode. If you subscribe, you know we've been doing artist interviews quite a bit. But I really craved to return to the original format, which is a play-by-play recap of a live music event, concerts, raves, you know, something with a set list. And we kind of did in 2020, mixed in with the interviews. But these events were also very different. Uh, Concerts were far and few between and socially different distanced uh raves were illegal uh it was an interesting study of of what live music looked like in a in a strange unprecedented time and i'm I'm proud to have recorded those episodes as rough around the edges as they could be for posterity Uh, maybe i'll write the book someday i don't know but uh, i'd be lying if i said i'm not super jazzed to be back in the business of checking out normal shows uh this show was one of the first post-pandemic I guess we're still in a pandemic. I think the idea is we never get out of it. I think it just goes forever. Uh, But one of the first post-mass vax slash city reopening shows I've ever been to. Uh, I've been to a couple. Uh, One was at the indoor portion of Wild Birds. That was kind of an on-the-fly decision. We covered that venue in episode 36 when just the outside was open. They feature mostly, I guess you could say, up-tempo world music in the indoor space. And... The other, actually, that uh, that I saw uh, was The Living Strange. And we've talked quite a bit about them on this show. That is a local band that uh, we love. That, that was the first one. In a dark, dirty basement, drinking hand, you know, taped off clusters of chairs, just people on their feet dancing, sweating, spilling beer, just like old times. The band was so happy to be back. And uh, it was James and I that were there. We were so happy for them. We talked to Eli Sokolo, the lead singer and guitarist, for a bit after. Great to see him. Uh, so thanks for a great show, guys. 
but this show at Our Wicked Lady was the first. I really was like, okay, let's book this in advance, have some time to prep, do some recon on the artist, snag a guest, which I did do. He's here with me now. Uh, welcome, Henry. Hey there, guys. It's good to be here. Henry is a new friend that I met in one of those storied, mysterious group chats that you read about and puff pieces in the Times and the Post uh, that sprung up in 2020 and they were sort of the go-to uh, for the 411 and where you could go to connect with humans if you were going out of your fucking mind because you hadn't had face-to-face human contact in months. Now they sort of serve as a more organized event aggregator compiled by creators and others that are kind of in the know. Um, there's still impromptu gatherings on there. So I had put out a call for a show guest and I was so pleased to hear back from Henry um, I would love for you to tell me what the draw was. That was it the band specifically. Are you a regular concert goer, lover of live music? Like, what? How did you end up on this mic? What's the deal? Oh wow! So that's uh, that's quite the journey. You know, I, we, I was explaining to you yesterday that before the pandemic, I actually wasn't much of a concert goer. But I, when the pandemic hit, life kind of just radically changed. I um, started craving going out more um, and I started really to crave things that I hadn't experienced before so concerts were one of them um, so when I joined this mysterious dark group chat that we're both a part of um, I was really pleased to see that they had postings for lots and lots of concerts and I saw that you wanted to go to a Claws concert uh, Claws is a band which I'm particularly fond of I really love their uh, music and when I checked them out on Spotify, I just thought, yeah, I need to go see them in person. I just feel like it was, what is the word when something like is a happy coincidence? Is it serendipity? Is that the word? Serendipity. I feel like there's a better word that I'm not thinking mm, of. Serendipity is a good one. I, I, happy coincidence just, you know. It was just kind of meant to terms. happen. Yeah. Because it's like I could have gotten somebody who was just kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess, man. And I would have just been like, okay. And then it wouldn't have been as good. So our format is such where we kick off with uh, a little bit of discussion of the venue that we were at, because ultimately this is what is setting the stage for the experience we are about to have. So again, the venue is called Our Wicked Lady. Uh, It was in, it's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It's sort of like this uh, industrial area that just has these kind of random bars and restaurants popped up, you know, back in whatever 2000 there was absolutely nothing in this area and now it's just sort of like you can get a sense of that of how this was desolate at one time and then you know things just got too expensive in Manhattan and even in Williamsburg so we just kept pushing out to that El Corridor further and further and building things for people to have fun uh, it's, so this is, this is a, a upstairs, downstairs venue, really chill bar downstairs, nice to hang out at. And then upstairs you have the event space, which is a rooftop space that is also covered. So that's pretty cool because you get the sense of being outdoors and that you get a nice breeze and that sort of thing coming through. It feels really nice. Uh, but you also are not going to get drenched if it rains. Or, like, feel the beating sun down on your face. Although I've never been there during the day when the sun would be beating down. But I would imagine it would be helpful. So the staff there found to be very friendly, very chill. There was absolutely no bag search whatsoever. I love that. And uh, lighting, you know, pretty base, pretty basic stuff, you know, as you would expect from a smaller venue. Overall, the draw for it is the solid local acts that they book. The coveted rooftop 
and the fact that you get to be around a young, cool-in-the-know crowd. Anyway, what, what were your thoughts on the actual spot itself? So the actual spot, when I was going there, I thought, okay, Our Wicked Lady, that sounds very goth. It sounds very dark Catholic in its vibes, Our Wicked Lady. So I was expecting to go there and have a lot of black colors, a lot of like, and that, that wasn't it at all. I know. It is you know, I went up, I went upstairs and it was bright blue and it almost reminded me of like a Hawaiian bar almost on the rooftop, which was very much not what I was expecting. That said, I feel like it really was the perfect venue for that day because it was so pleasant outside, the sunlight was amazing, um, the temperature was just perfect. It, it really, you know, I couldn't have expected anywhere better to have seen these bands. That was the other thing, too, is that we just happened to catch it on a perfect night. I would say, you know what, if you have nothing to do on a Friday or Saturday night, and you know it's going to be about 67 to 72 degrees, this is a place to go to. This never felt at any moment too hot. I never felt just like, Ugh, you know, like you can sometimes, even in an outdoor space. It, it just, I don't know. It, it just has a really nice balance to it. I really like the spot a lot. And not, like I said, not too many rooftop venues are booking acts that are at this level of quality. So, uh, you know, that's the, the, the long and short of the, uh, the venue. We got a couple of drinks, sat at a picnic table, chatted and, until someone took it away, which I, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. But I was like, Let, let's enjoy this as, as long as we can. And uh, then promptly at not 8 o'clock, but like 8.06, surprise, uh, we had Becca come on. I could not find anything on Becca at all. Yeah. I searched the Internet Anytime, and this is Becca with the E spelled with a three. So I found a lot of 14-year-old girls' social media pages and not much else. You know, she was very nebulous. She was. She comes up and it's her first show, she says. I wasn't sure. I, I had thought it was her first show ever. Yeah. But then she mentioned something about not having her drummer and whatnot. And so I thought... Oh, just maybe the first show 2021. But I just, it was strange to me that I couldn't find anything on her. So I don't think she's completely new, but I don't know. This does seem like sort of, it gave me the impression of a nascent act. Basically, she came up and she began her set doing, she was singing to pre-recorded tracks. Mm -hmm. So that in my mind was like, okay, this is still kind of a work in progress development, which is totally fine. But um, she uh, she did she did do one on guitar, though, too. Um, Oh, I I guess I guess a good way to start is the look. Okay, so the red what we called the short suit. Yes, because I mean, I don't know. It's not a pantsuit. It wasn't pants. It was short Um, shorts and a matching blazer, which I loved. I've, I've turned to one of you. Uh, James was there too and had said I need this outfit this is like what a boss bitch wears on casual Friday <laughs> like no jeans you wear a short suit but let's let's get in get into to her her sound actually because that's what she's there for not just you know it's not just a fashion show um, they almost I mean like you said it was really hard to pin down uh, stylistically there were some things that sounded like alt country I remember her even saying at one point that though that's my country song and i mm-hmm. then i thought well i'm pretty sure i heard heard you do one before that 
I'd like to see her with a full band. That's for one thing. I yeah. feel like she deserves that. I feel like this music has potential. I'd really like to see it fleshed out. She has an interesting look, and her vibe is sort of this nice, and her music a sort of creep, creepy and sweet dichotomy. Yeah. You know, an intensity. And when I say creepy, I don't mean that in a bad way, but just sort of... um. The way she moves on stage. Yes, it's just sort of unpredictable it's strange i'm sorry it's strange yeah. strange she's strange and then that's not that's not a bad thing but there is also this sweetness that comes out at the same time uh it just reminds me i don't know if i'm gonna keep this part i don't know a whole lot about anime but there's something called yandere have you ever heard yandere, of this yeah. yandere okay where it's like this person really loves you and they're really sweet but they could flip a switch and be a maniac a psychopath yeah. yeah i thought i feel like that's what this is <laughs> <laughs> i i get that i get that yeah you know what like she could kill you but she could also make you cookies she could kill you very lovingly yeah depending on you know whether you do it but she would and i'm sure i'm not saying this is who she is as a person i'm just saying that the the way that she emotes as a performer mm -hmm. and the quality of the songs comes together as this sort of creepy and sweet dichotomy which i find very intriguing yeah she's she, she her songs were a lot about memory i feel like uh-huh which provided that sweetness yeah that was the thing is the the vulnerability was there but then the toughness, too. Maybe sweet and creepy is the wrong way to put it. Maybe we should say vulnerable and tough, but also intensely tough, which is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, like I said, there was some real versatility here in style. There was that little bit of alt country, a little bit of synth pop. You know, good. Her final song was my favorite. Mm -hmm. I remember this lyric, if I get out of my room, I'll get out of my head. It was engaging enough to where I completely forgot to record it. Um, overall, I think I'm, I'm on the same page as you in terms of how it was so stripped down that you couldn't get a full sense of what she would have to offer were she in a, basically yeah. with a full band and that kind of thing. And I was intrigued enough by the sort of weirdness of it but also accessibility of it just existing at the same time that I thought, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see more of what she could do. I could imagine her being amazing, having amazing music videos. You know what I'm saying? Like she's just got a very unique look and style to her and I would catch her again, but I don't think I want to catch that same performance. I would want to see her with her full band not, you know, feeling a little bit more confident because there is this sort of, I think, and this sort of was pervasive throughout the night of a sort of maybe uncertainty of we're back after not being here for over what, a year and a half now. Like, I'd just like to see her get her stage legs and, and catch more. That was a common thread throughout all of the performances was yeah. this sense of we're back after a year of nothing. What do we do? Yeah. That should have been the name of the concert. Like, we're back after a year of nothing, presenting Becca Nudes and Claws. Okay, so, you know, then we uh, smoked some weed downstairs, got back in, totally fine. No muss, no fuss, no hassle. Got a great spot. And uh, 
Bathrooms are clean, by the way. Surprisingly, I expected them to be terrible, but they weren't too bad. Really, yeah. I did not hit up the bathrooms that night. So they were n- they were not as terrible as I would have expected. There was actually toilet paper, which was okay. a, I was wowed. So that's a, another bonus for the venue. Thank you for that. So we're hanging out for a bit, and then we get to nudes. Okay, so nudes, I did some recon on them. They do have a, a fair amount of press, most of it very recent, uh, on the heels of an album that they released, I believe it was last April. It's called Blush. Nudes is Trish, I hope I'm saying this right, Trish Dudon, and Nick sign on vocals, guitars, and synths, although he did not play synths in this show, but it just said that on the website. Shane Danaher on drums, Manny Romano on bass, and there was a guy on synths that they don't, I don't think they introduced him, so I don't know who that was. Hmm. Uh, they were described on Instagram as indie pop with big muscles. Okay. Uh, they formed in 2016 here in New York City. I, I had looked them up at the time, played some of their stuff off of that uh, recently released full length album, Blush. Uh, in my impressions at the time, we're a bit 90s, quite DIY sounding. By that I mean fuzzy, not slick sounding, but twee at times. That's not a dig. Twee pop is a real genre. You said that they reminded you of the Moldy Peaches. Was that at right? At times they did. Yeah, for those who don't know that, Moldy Peaches is this duo. The song that people would know them best by would be from this movie called Juno. That came out, I don't know, what, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. It's just anybody else but you. It's just like this cute little la-la-la love song, boy and a girl singing to each other. Simple, romantic, uncomplicated boy-girl harmonies, soft guitar and bass lines, light and sweet. This is kind of like what Twee Pop is. It's not a bad thing. It's just kind of, it's a style. That's all. Usually there's like a negative connotation to the word Twee, but I, I say embrace it if that's what you've got. So I thought this was all very nice, but I thought I reserve judgment until I've seen them live because that's what this show is about. So yeah, they kicked off pretty jangly. Like I kind of expected you know, that 90s feel. Uh, this, let, listen, like not everything we say is glowing praise. The sound was not good on the vocals. It was distorted. Yeah. It was fuzzy. I understand it was outside, but good grief, you know? I... I I don't know what was going on with the sound guy. I feel, well, I feel like that is my only criticism of the venue, was just the sound was so off for them. It was really hard to hear them. And at one point you said, like, I can't record because the sound is so off. You had to move to the back. Yeah. In this case, for at the, at the very top of it, my, my biggest thing was that I can't hear Trish. I can't hear her. I can hear him pretty pretty well I could not hear her and I understand she has a softer voice but then boost it you know not everything has to be bass 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 sometimes I go I, I come to these venues and I'm, I'm by a speaker and what and I understand I'm by the speaker so maybe there's going to be a little bit more distortion but that being said it did get fixed later so it didn't have to be as bad as that and and so wompy what is this thing about with the bass being turned up and barely being able to hear the people singing. So that, that kind of bothered me. Um, so we're go- I don't really have a set list here for them. But I can kind of give an overview of what we heard. Uh, first two tracks. I mean the first one again. That was mostly Trish. I, I don't know what the name of this song was. The second one. 
this was uh, featuring Nick. They kind of go back and forth with uh, taking the lead on songs, and sometimes they sing together. Uh, a bit jangly. There was this uh, song, Ego. I love the... This was one This was interesting. It was like their, their jangly feeling, but also punk. I don't really know how else to describe it. There was just a punk edge. But even with the punk riffs, she's got this soft voice. Like, it's a polite, respectful punk. I called it jangle punk. I don't know yeah. if that exists, but if it does... They are the they are pioneers of jangle punk. I, I that's the only way I could put. Do you remember this? Do you remember this happening? Yeah, no, I mean I remember. Well, I think it's funny that you said that they were like indie punk with muscle. When it's like, well, well they said it. They I said just read they, it. they said it. <laughs> when, in fact, like they're very gentle. Like that is their mood. Like they, they, like maybe this muscle, like this pointer finger uh, uh-huh, muscle. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> not this muscle. Yeah. Not not. Oof. <laughs> not biceps, but like fine motor muscles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we were also saying that um, you know, a band comprised of surprisingly good-looking people. That's the other thing too, and that's why I said was like this can't totally be twee pop because twee pop is traditionally, conventionally not. Uh, conventionally attractive people let's put it that way yeah uh it's usually people that you have a bit of a quirky look shall we say and these people were just all just good looking yeah yeah (laughs) just flat out just good looking people yeah yeah it's like i don't know can you qualify for for twee if if you're not funny looking i don't know so we uh going on forward uh our fourth track uh Nick took the vocals on this one. I don't remember this song too well. Stylistically, I couldn't pin it. I remember, I have a note here, something about how it sounded like a slow but relentless Smashing Pumpkins beat. A couple other songs. Yeah, I don't I don't have everything written down here because it's just hard to track what these songs are that a set list. And then we got to Donkey Kong. This is their lead single that gets all the, the promotion. If you were to Google them. You'll see a lot about this song. They had made a music video. It's cute. It's just like this simple song about, I believe the song was about going back to, I don't know, someone from the past, like an ex or something like that, and, yeah. and reconnecting. And it and it was sweet, but it was funny because, you know, it, it is clearly the song that they're promoting the most because it's the lead single, which makes sense. But I remember reading this one article, so I was like, and this was my favorite. And I'm like, well, of course it was your favorite on uh-huh. the album because it's the one they're promoting. But my favorite is actually Blush. This is that light, summery vibe, that sort of Corinne Bailey Ray sort of vibe that I picked up on. I really like this. It just dovetailed very well in the environment that we were in. It suits Trish's voice very well. Um, it's it's to me it's it's the most representative of their sound and their energy. And I'm I'm, I'm glad that they kind of saved that for it was one of the last. Uh, then there was this one called I believe it was called Mochi. Uh, fun, upbeat, and danceable, but it, it, it was the point where they wanted people to dance, but people didn't really dance because there was a softness to it. It's, people were too soothed to dance. Yeah. It's like, you, 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 you as a band, nudes, you're very soothing. If you can do it, great, but to marry a, a vibe that makes me want to kick back in a hammock and then dance at the same time, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not either. So you, you got that as well. I got that too. I mean, I, it, it was a little awkward when they were like, everybody dance and nobody danced. They, they swayed and moved. We I was swayed, like, that's yeah. the appropriate movement to your music. It's, yeah. 
It's a, a light swaying and a head nodding. And it doesn't, just because it doesn't get raucous up there with the floor shaking doesn't mean that it's not a success. I no. think that it's hitting people in, uh, and, and creating an emotional response, but it's not going to be a hype one. You, they would just have to change their sound if they wanted to do that, and I don't think they should. Yeah. I, um, I had been to a concert the previous night uh, where it was just a straight-up mosh pit, uh-huh. and I don't know if that's what they wanted us to go for, but it would have been so strange. It would have been completely out of touch with the vibe that they were going with. Yeah. I didn't have I liked what they what they put forward and I thought it was okay that we weren't going nuts. Uh, I it, it fit very well for me. Uh the final track which uh admittedly I missed because, you know, I had to uh visit one of those fairly well-kept bathrooms before the rush uh, was Boundaries. I remember listening to this one on their band camp and thinking, oh, this is about as twee as this band gets. When you have a grown man singing about, or even just mentioning mac and cheese, (laughs) which he does at one point, I can't remember the context of it because, again, the vocals were sort of hard to hear even when it came to him. But I thought, okay, yes, this this is very cute. And hopefully they can embrace that. Because I, I think it's 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 an interesting mix to see, like I said, conventionally attractive people also being adorable and it's not annoying. Usually yeah. we put up with people being adorable when they're not so attractive because they're like, well, you know what? Give it to them because, mm-hmm. you know, they're lacking in other areas. <laughs> but when uh, when beautiful people are, are adorable, we're just like, oh, it's just too much. No. <laughs> I would say in terms for me, nudes... Again, I just think it was very much this is our first show back. We're still kind of getting our bearings. And give them a little bit more time. Give them a little bit more oomph on their vocals. And I would say, you know, if you want us to be just a tad bit more energized as a crowd, I think that that guy Nick is probably the one that presents that energy the most he's a he jumps around a lot and that kind of thing the other bandmates not so much so it's if that's something that they would like to see more of then I think that they all just kind of have to uh, push a little bit harder in terms of their energy in terms of their sound but it just seems it just seems like it's something that just kind of needs to be dusted off a little bit and and tightened up and then it could be it could be great it could be great but but there's just got to be more of a a push from from them i don't know what do you think i enjoyed all of these bands but i feel like nudes was kind of the mellow midpoint of everything you know they weren't the best um and i feel like they do need to polish things up a little bit i don't know how they really need to do that. I mean, again, I think that our wicked lady sound was not helping. Our wicked lady sound was not helping. And again, it was the fact that they had probably been out of practice for a year. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's a fair assessment. And, you know, again, I, I, I never want to be too uh, harsh with these, especially since I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful that we're able to have these shows right now. But at the same time, it feels disingenuous and very yes woman of me 
to just sort of uh, dole out an unmitigated, unrestrained, glowing praise for everything that I saw and heard. It just wouldn't be honest. No, No. people wouldn't trust me. (laughs) And, And my... And my assessment of what I saw, you know, not everything is going to be great, but it doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy this band. It just means that I feel like we got the, like you said, we're we're back in business after a year and a half out of business version. Mm. So it's maybe not the the truest representation of the band, and I, I'm I'm willing to check them out again to see where things are at in a few months. Yeah. So we had uh, the the intermission there, uh, which, you know, another thing we like to, to uh, point out when it comes to a venue is their intermission music, which is pretty I don't know. I like the thrash punk. I think James thought it was a bit out of character, but I was like, I feel like this works. I think it's hilarious because we just listened to, you know, some soft, soothing, yeah. summer breezy songs. And now it's like, ah. Cool. And we're about to go back into soft and soothing. Right. So it was, it was a little it was a little break. And uh, then after uh, a, a while, well, first let me talk about Claws because they, they're our, our headliner tonight. Um, they're a synth pop duo. Their Instagram describes them as music for dancing through the hard times, which, okay. Uh, this is Graham Marsh and Amber Renee. They're originally from Atlanta, now based in Brooklyn because we're where it's at. Uh, they formed in 2013. They've had some critical acclaim, some favorable reviews from NPR, some KCRW Airplay. That's like LA's indie radio station, and it's so the best, not counting WBR in Rochester. Shout out to my hometown. And uh, some of Claw's stuff landed on MTV shows. Fun fact, songs from their album World Underwater can be heard on MTV's Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps these songs had a quality of naive optimism and or mind teen angst. I don't know. I haven't seen that show. Uh, they released their second album, O, oh, a, a couple of days ago on July 29th. Love to see that they kept busy during this pandemic. I felt like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this man. I listened to their Spotify. I was feeling what they were putting out there. They had a really cool cover of Electric Feel. That was, that was a draw for me. So anyway, um, when they went to set up, I didn't realize that these two smartly dressed people were in – mingling in the crowd earlier so no divas here actually i talked to one of them and i didn't even realize (laughs) i was doing it they did take a long time to set up i will say that i'm not sure what that was about but that was definitely a a, what james and i would call a captain prepare moment um all right so the good news here is that i happened to see their set list on the stage (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was just really it was right there which means and actually uh so that means that i didn't have to like go through all this work to try to figure out what song was what so the first track that we heard was stay forever and my first impression was that the beats were absolutely sick uh i didn't mention this just now but it's worth mentioning that Graham Marsh is an award-winning, a Grammy-winning artist, producer. And he's worked with Ludacris. He won a couple of Grammys working with CeeLo Green. He was on Fuck You. And it's very evident very early on that this man is 
on the elite level of music production. You can just tell. Even with the sound issues that cropped up, which we'll get into for this particular act, at the same time, I could just, you could just tell. The thing is, is I don't know enough about music production to actually get into the ins and outs as to why it sounded so professional. I just know it when I hear it, which I know sounds sort of arrogant and ignorant, but I do. I know it when I hear it. The best way that I can put it is that the production level on the beats that he created. So basically they're a duo and he's kind of on guitar and the synths and he has the, the beats that he clearly created playing and he also plays the bongos, which is a nice touch. But so you're hearing the beats and I'm thinking, okay, this is very well put together. This is very slick. This is very clean. This does not sound DIY, which is more the, the sense that we got from, the, the two acts that came before. So just very clean, complex, intricate, lots of interesting, if, if you really, like, it's the kind of thing where what I'd like to do if I see them again, I would just like to tune my brain in a little bit more to the beats because, like, there were times where I would catch a little something like, oh, that's interesting that he, he put that in there. It's the kind of thing. Do you know the, uh, the podcast song, Exploder? I think you'd really like it. I do not, but I'll check it out. Song Exploder basically breaks down a song in terms of its its creation. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics, where that came from. Well, first they kind of talk about the band and how they met and this and that. But then they'll get into the inspiration for the song and, and where those first sort of ideas came from. where What that germinated from. What was the inspiration? What was the thought and they get into the creation of the the lyrics and then the crafting of the beats. I would really be interested to hear about his process for the music that he creates. And because the thing about Song Exploder is that oftentimes they will the the artist will point out, "Oh yeah, and then I threw this thing in where I was like rolling a glass along <laughs> a table." And, I, and then you listen to the song later and be like, "Oh, I didn't notice that." Uh, so it's just like little things like that. And I feel like there was so much going on there sonically that I just couldn't, you know, there's only so much you can pay attention to. But when I would sort of hone my attention in on his, uh, what he, the, the, the backing tracks, uh, I thought, oh, okay, I, I can see why this guy is like at Grammy award winning level because he, he's very, very good at this. So that was the first thing that stuck out for me. The other thing that stuck out, and listen, I'm not going to harp on this. I'm just going to say it one time, and this is not particular to this this band, but a trend that actually James had pointed out that we had noticed for the very few bands we've seen so far and that I had hoped would not continue here but did was that the vocals were not at the level that I would have expected based on the recorded tracks that yeah. I had heard the 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 level of power that I would have hoped for and I do think that this is and and listen these this this thing that we've noticed applies to bands that we saw pre-pandemic where this wasn't a thing and so I truly feel that there is this general there's going to be this general trend with bands that have not been together and performing 
over the past year and a half that while instrumentation will probably be all right, vocals are going to be a little bit rough. It's part of the body, you know, and if the body doesn't get the usual sort of being out and 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 performing and that sort of thing that is needed to build up stamina, that that's something we're going to find. So I'm not pointing it out to be mean. I'm pointing it out because, hey, whoever is listening to this, maybe you'll be going to some concerts and find the same thing. Be prepared for it and be gentle and be understanding. I have a feeling that this kind of thing will iron itself out by late fall, but we need to give these uh, vocalists some time to get back into the groove. Things are going to be a little bit rough. So, I mean, I think you said you noticed this too, though. Yeah, I did. Um, it was very, it, at certain times it was very hard to make out what was being said. Yeah. And, and again, this is part of part of the venue, but I don't, I don't, I can't fully put this on no. the, uh, the soundboard. I, again, I think it's part of the fact that the uh, lead singer, her energy is so soft. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, because I don't really get that sense in in the recordings. No. I mean, yes, there's a, a lilt to her voice, but I, I, there is more of an intensity vocally that I picked up on in the recordings. And I was surprised not to see it. I don't know. I guess the movements were just soft to me. They weren't like hard defined. This is what I'm doing. I'm making a strong choice type movements. And... That had her out of breath. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been anxiety, I feel, but Mm -hmm. because as they were saying, I mean, this was their first, you know, um, concert. That's why I'm trying to be. Yeah. Um, But no, you're absolutely right. There was something very muted about uh, the way that she behaved. That's a good word. Muted, understated. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, getting back on track, uh, the track Arms was their second one. Again, sick beats. I really like uh, Graham Marsh. uh, What else do I have here? Okay, so the sound was a bit, uh, becoming a bit distorted. This is when it got really bad. Yeah. I am sorry. At this point, it's like I do have to like bluntly and unkindly call out the sound guy at Our Wicked Lady. He did fix it, but for like a good three tracks, if I were Claws, I would have been pissed. Yeah, I would have been too. I mean, it was very distorted. It was very distracting. There are points at which I couldn't even hear the music. Like, no, because all you could hear was... Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? But then when I went over closer to where the sound guy was, I was like, all right, well, as your average layperson, I don't hear it as much, so maybe he's not hearing it. But he should know at this yeah. point that if I turn this button... Like, listen, I'm just a fucking podcaster, and I'm looking at my levels right now, and I'm like, I know... Even if I can't hear it, that if these white lines are further than that, it's probably going to sound like shit. So my feeling is like how, unless he's like brand new to this board or something like that, but I just thought these these were trained professional soundboard people that would know better. It was horrible. I don't know why you would have, I don't know why you'd have a newbie on for bands like these. No, exactly. Same. They deserved much better. And like you said, it, it just got so bad that I ended up moving because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm trying to uh, record little sound bits and whatever, which you've heard playing underneath as we've been going here. And I was like, and I can't do it. I'm just getting this this horrible distorted sound. So uh, anyway, then we they went into, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Hey, 
H-E-Y-I. Uh, got some bongo action there. Yes, I really like did. I really like when Graham plays the bongo. It's kind of tropical. Uh, again, the song was kind of fucked for me, unfortunately. I, I didn't get a sense of it because the sound was so bad. Um, Dirt. This was one, this one was okay. I, I don't want to say just okay about any track because it feels rude, but it, it just was okay. Or maybe I was just salty about the sound. Like that could have been that too. That I couldn't concentrate. Is it rude to like tell the sound guy as an audience member? Is it like as rude as making a request of a DJ? I don't think it is because it's not no. about like my personal preference. I feel like this is bothering everyone. Isn't yeah. it as bad as like a dirty trash floor to be like, can you clean the trash floor? Like, can you clean the trash sound? I don't know if it's rude or not. I feel like they take offense and be like, well, you don't know. Like, well, I know this sounds bad. I, I know that. It's not I know if you say to a bartender, I know this drink tastes bad. Please remake it. Yeah. I Listen, I know for a fact that if this guy was a real professional, then he would know. Like, anybody can tell when sound is bad. Yeah. You know? It's like you just it's have like to. It's like sour lime juice in your drink. It's yeah. like you just know, and it's you don't have to be a mixologist to just something is off here no it's your senses you know what's happening i felt like i wanted to say something but i didn't because uh-huh. i was like someone's gonna think that i'm he's gonna look at me like i'm an ass thankfully he fixed it but like at the time i was like looking and like should i i don't know and thankfully it seemed to have um started to fix itself on layback. Uh, at this point, I wanted to just lay back. I know it's a bad pun, but I, I truly had these sort of tropical beachy vibes. And, and that's when I think I started to sort of turn my attention more to, to the beats that Graham had created. He's really good on these intriguing um, percussive beats. A lot, lot of like interesting little things going on there, which I'm going to get into uh, in this next one, which was Echo. People seem to know this song. Uh, Echo was very good. Yeah, people. It seemed to be a more popular song. Yeah, it was a pretty song. Um, I I don't I don't know. I I feel like I'm just gonna keep gushing about about Graham's production abilities. I hope he works more on pop. He's just so talented. Um, he also seems to uh, like dig uh, the marimbas. I think I had said that to you. Like, yeah. I'm like I'm hearing a little bit. Like, like, there's a lot of that sort of. Oh, that was you know, very present through a number of songs. Yeah, I was like, I really, I really like uh, the sort of uh, tropical, for lack of better way of putting it, you know, Caribbean sounds that are very subtly uh, infiltrated into these tracks. He would be good at beach parties. He would be amazing at beach parties, like seriously. Oh, and speaking of of uh, beach tracks, the next one was. I think this is called Run Three. The one this is this is a song that she had specifically written about going back to the Rockaways and yes. missing it. Uh, again, um, solid production. A number of these songs I feel were specifically about the pandemic, what we're missing out on, way back, you know, all of these songs. There was this sort of uh, nostalgia and sort of wistfulness that was kind of um, ever present throughout at least the the newer songs. And this this certainly had that. Uh, Graham again killed it at the motherfucking bongos. He, she's just so good. Um, we had get you home. This had like a trap beat. I'll just say it. The beats and the bongos were the stars of this sh- of this particular uh, track. Uh, then there was slow dive. Um, this one is is fine. Um, I I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I should like say it, but uh, I'm gonna say it. 
I had said to James, "Is like, oh, if you were to uh, vapor away field still by Portugal, <laughs> the man, this is the song. But I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. And they fixed the sound by now. So I was able to move back up. So that was good. Um, then we had Ship. And uh, this one I really like. This was, this is one of my favorite songs of theirs. Um, I liked it on Spotify and I really loved it here. It was like dancey. It was breezy. It had that marimba in it. What else do we have here? Oh, I feel like I heard like funny little like space beats in there too. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I heard just that like too. a little, little, little touches like that. That's a, this is why I like just need to like, it's very cute. Pick apart, pick apart these, uh, Graham's work piece by piece and, and, and it's like it's like taking apart a uh, like a watch, you know, and seeing oh, all absolutely. the moving pieces. I, I'm that is that was the the biggest thing that struck me about this show was just how intricate and and unfortunately how much of it got lost mm-hmm. in this in in this particular environment. But I would I would love to look into that more. Um, put it down. Uh, that was fine. At this point, I had a developed a full blown crush on Graham Marsh. Like a, that was it for me. A well-maintained beard and a touch of chonk. I think that's what I wrote. Um, really like that. Uh, and then we had Dance in Place. Dance in Place. I, I loved that. This was a nice moment yeah. in the show. I, I, I get into, like, picking apart, like, and then this about this music. And the, but, like, let's just, like, zoom out for a second away from, like, what the band is doing and, like, like looking at it from a bird's eye point of view. If there was a drone above the crowd mm-hmm. this moment, taking in everything that was going on. This was very much when... And I'm assuming that they would have felt this too when they really had the crowd. Yeah, like the, this the, is the crowd started moving the most during this song. Yeah, and and it and that was when like uh, just hap- another happy coincidence. This breeze started to a cross breeze started to go yeah. through those gaps uh, in the the covering of the roof, and. Like you, like you said, people were moving. Not even in like, well, there was that one woman with the short hair. I was going absolutely nuts. Yeah. She was like in the front yes. row. But most people were moving in a sort of chill way. But like, that's what you should expect from this kind of music. Like you shouldn't really uh, expect moshing. And I think that they had very reasonable expectations of how people will dance uh, to their music. I think there was a call for dancing. And, and I feel like the audience complied in a way that made sense with the music. Mm-hmm. But people were truly engaged and in it. And I I just remember feeling that sort of collective energy which is the whole reason why I like going to these shows is having that sort of community experience of like okay we're all here for the same thing where it's a give and take the artist is bringing something of their souls to us we are graciously receiving it and then reciprocating and volleying back to them our our own energies are the, the positive way that it makes us feel and it's this cool symbiotic relationship it's basically the main reason why i love these shows so much and why i felt so deprived over uh the pandemic because i don't go to church or anything like that you know like i don't really have that experience where it's like hallelujah we all raise our hands together and Mm -hmm. this is it this is church that shared that shared energy was very rare over the last year and it was nice to dive back in wasn't it and i felt like this moment really encapsulated that this moment was what was was the this is where it, it really grabbed I think what what every artist when they have a concert what their intention is is to have their audience fully engaged I could be it, it could have been me in the moment but I could have sworn there was just less like jibber jabber around me like less talking I think so too and more people just 
dropped into the moment. It was it was a really beautiful moment. I mean, I, I was so yeah. lost, I probably couldn't have tell, told anyway. But yeah, know. well, that well that you know, and then maybe that was where I was too. Um, but that's a testament to uh, to Claus and, and and being able to create that vibe. And kudos to them because that's that's where everything like really really clicked in for me. And then their final track, just as <laughs> just as we were like really getting there was oh uh i don't remember what i know that there was some overview about what the song was about and i just didn't catch it because i'm doing 10 million things as you saw i know that they they described the song as we're gonna hop off stage and uh pretend that you right. all asked us to play an encore and then we're gonna play this song so that was that was cute of them yeah there's a few bands that do that there's this one uh what's that band that sings uh uh, shooting star, uh, bag bag raiders. Yes, I'm in love with the sh- shooting. So, I, so they have a whole thing where they're like, we don't do encores. Like, just clap for us, pretend we went on stage, and we'll come back. I'm gonna play from our song, but we're not actually gonna leave the stage and come back. We're just gonna play from our songs, and that's the thing. They do that, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You no, know? I don't think they're so. They're conserving too. their energy. Good for them. It was it was a shame that uh, I feel like they should have not told us that like oh this is just a pretend encore i feel like they really should have gone off stage oh, and really? then when people were like one more song then they could have you, come on you think they should because have then because then afterwards everyone was they did saying, and they couldn't like, and they couldn't because they didn't have they any more songs. songs yeah they really tried so uh just just to get through oh oh to me uh the best way i could describe it just had like uh, that uh it was very reminiscent of Hot Chip for me. Uh, Graham also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but he also was on guitar for, for a few of these tracks, um, which actually reminds me of Bag Raiders because they also do that with the guitar and the, and the synthesis. But they don't also do the bongos. I dig this one a lot. To me, this was their, their best song. Again, that that sort of groove that they had the crowd in continued with this song. Um, this is where, yeah, okay, this is where I heard those like funny little space sounds and I heard some fuzzy bass. And the crowd was really, really in. And, and yeah, that, that was why when they played their quote-unquote encore and the people wanted, like, an encore encore, like, no, like, really, like, we can't, which was, uh, which was too bad. I would have liked to have heard that cover of Electric Feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I was like, oh, that, they're, they're saving that for the end. No, no. I guess I just have it all, like, pre-programmed or whatever. I have no idea. But all in all, I would say, like, listen to this. I mean, clearly they have the ability to hype up the crowd and get them into a certain place. It just took us a while to get the car started. You know what I'm saying? It was like... That was the whole concert in general. Fire. Yeah. It just took a little bit of time for it to, to get to that point. And what I hope for them and what I'm confident they can do is that in future shows that that will happen from the jump. Yeah. There's always, it's always really cool to have like a crescendo at the end, but like, you know, it would have been cool if like there just been like a little bit more that connection that I, that I can't put my finger on. That's just sort of something happens. If it happened a little bit earlier and then bumped it up another level, like that's what I'm kind of used to in concerts. Um, and this, this took a while to get going, but it did get going. So they're going on tour with Elder Island uh starting in november and this looks to be like kind of nor no actually it's across the country in canada and they will be back in new york city 
on November 11th at Irving Plaza. So uh, they'll probably get much better sound. Oh, uh, it's a shame I'm not going to be there. Oh, yeah. man. I, I would love to hear them a few months from now and see how they've developed. Yeah. And and just like with, with better uh, and technical support. Show wraps up. I hung out for a little bit. They always have... This is another thing about Our Wicked Lady. They have a... Uh, uh, a dance party typically and that started up i don't think they would have kicked us out i think that if you were already up there you would have to pay again but if you're new you have to pay like five dollars to come upstairs yeah. and they have these like dance parties with pretty good djs so that was going on they're playing some hot tracks they played some uh, new shoes i can't wait that was pretty dope i love that and then we uh we were headed out to get some food we thought maybe arrogant swine around the corner yeah would have barbecue they did not have their kitchen open at 11 o'clock but they did apparently have a death metal band which yeah. you could hear from all the way from our wicked lady several blocks yeah probably from several blocks away if we had been it was like the real deal let me tell you though i like was like like kind of looking through the the crack in the door and uh that guy was not suffering vocally like no. they clearly been practicing and you know what i'm saying like mimicking the uh performance experience or maybe they were, who knows what they were doing rain or shine pandemic playing or no. shows in florida where it just never shut down that was like true i wish i had gotten the name of that band because you just like other than at lucky 13 like you don't expect and even lucky 13 the bands aren't as good as that band that band was really good and yeah. they were really hot too mm-hmm. which was like not like you don't normally see that now. No, <laughs> not, not these really. Days. In the eighties, you would. What this band was that was playing like Arrogant Swine at eleven o'clock at night on Friday, July thirtieth. Like big ups to you. That was incredible. Even just from what I heard on the street. And I'm gonna find you and watch you in the future, especially if they're playing at Arrogant Swine, and I can actually get some barbecue and tear into some meat. Oh, while I'm listening. I was saying when we were walking away. Barbecue, beer, and some thrash metal. That would be so amazing. So good. Yeah. These guys yeah, these guys were absolutely wild. And like the, the quality of their music was actually quite good. It was loud and it's not for everybody, but it's like if you like that kind of music. I'm gonna figure out it's not gonna show up in this recording right now, but in my show notes, if I can figure out who this band is, I'm gonna just add them mm-hmm. to to uh the bands that we actually saw in terms of their because that's what we do at, at the end of the, sh- the show uh, show notes. We have all of the information so that you can find these bands on your own and see them live and, and whatnot. So with that in mind, um, Becca couldn't find anything on her. So unfortunately, I won't be able to promote. I will look again. But we'll definitely have links for Nude Social Media, their band camp, a main site if I can find it. Uh, so that you can catch them live. Uh, I imagine they'll probably be performing locally. I think this band is really worth seeing, you know, if you want something that's kind of laid back and chill and jangly and just want to feel good. I would I would recommend checking them out. Uh, Claws, now they're actually going on tour, and that starts on november 9th they will be back in new york at irving plaza on november 11th opening up for elder island i would say check this out i think things are going to be it is right it is july i think things are going to be very different november i think that they're going to have much better support in terms of uh the sound and and, at a venue like irving plaza it's just it's going to be a higher standard and so I would not write that off. I, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Um, 
So we'll have all of the links for their website and Spotify and social and et cetera, et cetera, at the end of the show notes as well. So in closing, how was how was your night? Well, it was great. I mean, maybe I am just a yes man, but going out, having a good time with other people after a year of nothing was just fabulous. I enjoyed all the bands. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Claws was the high point, in my opinion. Um, wish the sound could have been better. Wish that they had been a little more intense on the vocals. But other than that, there was really nothing to complain about. Yeah, um, you're, you're probably just a better person than me. I should, be, <laughs> I should be more grateful. I am very grateful. I really am. I just, I just want to give everyone an honest assessment and, and to have realistic expectations of uh, what they might be catching. You know, unless they're catching a, a death metal band, an arrogant swine, it seems that they are... Uh, up and running and <laughs> every much as in the place that they were in 2019. Anyway, again, you can find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and you can find us on social media at High Decibels Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Reddit and High Decibels Podcast on YouTube. And we have, again, those artist interviews there. So check us out. There's going to be some um, uh, stories, highlights, et cetera, et cetera, uh, just pictures and whatever from this particular concert. If you want to check that out on our Instagram, that'll all be up. And I just want to thank you again, Henry, for coming on today and guesting and, and bringing your kind and gracious and not mean person. <laughs> perspective sometimes well, a little perspective a little, little balance my own meanness i guess thanks uh, for having me here <laughs> so y'all thank you so much for listening again this is high decibels podcast and we'll talk to you later we're gonna be closing out with claws oh keep holding, keep holding, keep holding.